Hello to everyone. The name of this audio recording is Saul versus Paul, the power to change through God's Holy Spirit. Now who was Saul? He was an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin. He was also a citizen of Rome. More specifically, he was a native of Tarsus, which was a capital city in the Roman province of Cilicia. Now we are first introduced to Saul in the scriptures beginning with Acts 7 verse 58, which depicts the time that Stephen, a disciple of Christ, was stoned to death. In Acts chapter 8, we further learn that Saul had in fact consented to the death of Stephen. Saul played a major role in the persecution of God's church, causing the imprisonment of many of God's saints. In Acts chapter 9, Saul continues to threaten and seek the execution of God's disciples, working hand-in-hand with the high priests and elders. He even sought warrants that he could take to Damascus to the synagogues for the purpose of arresting more children of God. Now, it is in Acts chapter 8, beginning at the third verse, that God shines a light on Saul, blinding him. God says this, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? When Saul inquires as to who he was, the Lord states that he is Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. The statement, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks, is quite profound and requires further clarification. First, the ancient times depicted in the Bible were largely agricultural. Hence the frequent references to farming within the scriptures. Let us define a prick as used in the context of the quote stated above. A prick or goad, as it is often referred to, is a long-handled instrument with a metal point. This instrument was used to ensure the ox would obey the commands of the plowman while plowing the field. The plowing of the field was critical for adequate preparation of the ground or soil in order to receive seed. The ox was considered a beast of burden and labor, but would sometimes rebel against the plowman by straying off path, stopping in the middle of work, or kicking. When this would happen, the plowman would then prick the ox to continue on. The more the ox would resist or kick against the prick, the more this instrument would pierce into their flesh, which would cause them pain. This pain would therefore compel them to submit to the authority of the plowman by obeying his commands and completing the work he so desired. Now let's take this same scenario and apply it to Saul. Christ is represented by the plowman and Saul represents the ox. As we know, Saul did not always obey God's laws. He persecuted and consented to the deaths of many saints. By doing so, he was like an ox that was rebelling against Christ, who is our plowman. In other words, he was kicking against the pricks. However, Christ continued to exert his authority by prodding Saul with the prick more and more until he eventually submitted. For example, Saul being blinded with the sun and hearing Christ's voice was an example of him being prodded or pierced with the prick. As stated before, the more and more an ox kicks, the more painful 
the piercing of the prick will be. Now God had forgiven Saul, but he indeed judged him for his previous defiance and persecution of his children. Saul had to suffer a great deal in order to fulfill his bishopric of teaching the Gentiles and to prove himself worthy to the Lord. In fact, his past sins weighed greatly upon him and were like a thorn in his side, a painful reminder of what he had done. Now let us move on to the next point in this scenario. Remember that the ground that is plowed represents the hearts of the people. The Lord had chosen Saul to teach the Gentiles. He, as an ox, under the guidance and direction of Christ, the plowman, was to prepare the hearts of the Gentiles. For what? To receive the good seed, which is represented by the word of God. Remember the parable of the sower and the seed. Now Saul does repent. He was made blind for three days. Neither did he eat or drink. Christ humbled him. His physical blindness represented his spiritual blindness to Christ and his word. He initially could not see Christ or the truth for what it really was and is. Instead, he was blinded by envy, hate, and malice, which comes from Satan, of course. It is under the influence of Satan that he was willing to persecute the disciples of Christ and his church. Saul also fasted for three days, abstaining from food and drink. This fast, physical fast pointed to the spiritual fast that Saul was soon going to live. We have learned that fasting represents sacrificing the lust of the flesh and to live a life that's free from sin. Physically speaking, a fast is not comfortable or pleasant. Your head might ache and your stomach may growl. When thinking in spiritual terms, when we live through a spiritual fast, it will not be a life filled with exclusive happiness and bliss. We will have sorrow. For the sake of the truth, we will have to make sacrifices that might be emotionally painful to us. It is over this course of time that Saul was going through repentance. It was necessary for him to be in a state of humility and sorrow before he could fully convert under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, God could have easily restored Saul's sight. We know that he is all-powerful. However, the Lord chose for Saul to go to Ananias, a devout disciple of Christ who lived in Damascus, and quite possibly a person that Saul was initially seeking to put in jail. God had appeared to him in a vision concerning Saul, stating this, And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. This is found in Acts 9, 11-12. Find out what happens to Saul after he receives the Holy Ghost in part two of this recording. May God be with you all. Amen.